Okay, well, I'm going to do something ridiculously bold this morning. The question is, is your Christianity too safe? And so I'm not going to preach that message at all. So you can turn that PowerPoint off. I've committed myself now. I've dived in. Okay, here we go. I would like you to turn to Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to play with the story of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. This could be very short because I have no notes other than what is going around in my head. So you know, I'm just going to read the story. Who likes a good story? Yes. Is this a good story? Yes. Excellent. I'm going to read the story. It's called The Image of Gold in the Fiery Furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar, he was a funny chap, wasn't he? It's amazing how God used this pagan for his purposes. This morning I was reading Daniel 3 and Daniel 4 in my reading through the Old Testament in a year, which I'm still doing from last year, because I go slow and I colour it all in. And he goes slightly potty in the next chapter, as we recall. But uh, actually, God used him remarkably. Surprisingly, but remarkably. So King Nebuchadnezzar um, had delusions of grandeur by now. So he made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, whoever they were, the prefects, I thought they were at school, but governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. No prize for guessing what was on the image. So all the officials, I can't read that list again, assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Slightly overreactionary in my view, but there we go. That was, that was what you could do when you were a king 4,000 years ago. Right, therefore, where are we? Numbers, verse 7. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound, blah blah all the people and nations fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Verse 8. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kind of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you shall not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Oops. 
Okay, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, do you love those names? Shadrach and Benny. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, furnace, the God we serve is is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But, even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Let's pause there for a minute because it's quite a long story. So, let's think a little bit. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were living in the favour of God. If you remember the story, the, the Hebrew uh, young men um, were in captivity in Babylon. And because Nebuchadnezzar was actually a very shrewd guy, he established right from the beginning that he was going to pull the elite few out. He was going to put them in the royal court and he was going to educate them. He was going to teach them the language. He was going to train them. He was going to infiltrate them in Babylonian culture. And if you think about it, this is a really smart move. If you're trying to bring a, a different nation in, it's very smart to get the, the next generation on side. So Nebuchadnezzar knew what he was doing. And we have the incident where they refused to eat the four of them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they refused to eat the, the food in the royal court because it's tarnished, it's, it's been involved in, with sacrificial worship to other gods and so on. And they say, we'll just eat fruit and vegetables, drink water, you know, try it for a few days, see how it works out. Um, the the, the, the uh, chief guard of whoever he was reluctantly agreed. And at the end of that trial period, they were healthier, stronger, fitter than all the others. It's great. So right at that, at the beginning of that, they'd already made a really strong stand that they were going to set themselves apart for God. Then the the next incident, which I think is chapter 2, is where Nebuchadnezzar has his dream. And Nebuchadnezzar goes to all the wise men, and there were lots of people who thought they were wise astrologers and all sorts of people. And he went to them and said, not only do I want you to interpret my dream for me, you've got to tell me what my dream is. And they turn around and say, that is nuts, that is impossible, there's absolutely no way anyone can do that. And they were about to be off with their heads when Daniel uh, gets drawn into the scenario. Daniel is a young man of God. He carried with him a prophetic gifting and a wisdom. He was deeply set apart for the things of God, as we recall. And Daniel, God gave him not only the dream, but the interpretation of the dream uh, and, and, and blew Nebuchadnezzar away. And as a result of that, Daniel was essentially placed, I don't know, second or third in the whole kingdom. And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were placed in authority over certain provinces in Babylon. Now you're turning around at this point saying things are going pretty well, aren't they? You know, we've, we've been promoted, you know, we've walked the walk. Everything's working according to plan here. We've walked the walk, we've done what we feel God has said, we've honoured him, we've worshipped him, we've been to church, we've read our Bibles, we've done all this. And look, God's opened the door for us and here we are in this wonderful position, everything's going well. And then we reach this stage. Okay? They're given this challenge, of course, you know, for godly men like that, there's, there's absolutely no way they can do what Nebuchadnezzar is requesting. I was thinking about it over my, my movie this morning. Could you kind of get away with getting down on your knees and saying, everyone thinks I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it, Lord. I'm not doing it, Lord. I'm not doing it, Lord. I'm not worshiping them. The answer was no. 
They couldn't compromise. They, 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 were, they were all in, these guys. So the, the ultimatum is given and they get caught. Again, not hugely surprising, I suppose. The, the native Babylonians weren't hugely thrilled at these four Hebrew young upstarts being placed over them in positions of authority. Okay, where were we? So, then we find ourselves in this uh, position here where they make this wonderful statement. They say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we save is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you set up. There's a fantastic object lesson in faith here. And I think the reason this message is stirred in my heart is, you know, Mary's word at the beginning about hope and hopelessness. And some of the songs that we've been singing this morning about the God of angels' armies and, and all that kind of thing. And, and some of the conversations I know we've had this morning, I just get the sense that some of you feel you're in a bit of a battle right now. Come on. Some of you feel, came into church this morning feeling a little bit hopeless, feeling a little bit or maybe a large bit under the cosh. You know, maybe you're thinking, but God, I've done the right things. You know, but God, I've been coming to church and I've been praying regularly, I've been reading my Bible, and I've been kind and I've been giving, and I've been ticking all the boxes. How come this has turned upside down? Well, I want to point out, first of all, that Shadrach and Benny had done nothing wrong here. They were walking in the will of God. And I suppose this, part of the theory behind is your Christianity too safe is this kind of folly that the safest place we can possibly be is in the centre of God's will. I don't think Daniel would concur. I don't think Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego would concur. And I suspect for some of you, this morning you're going, I don't concur. Right? And, and the fact that you find yourself in this difficult place and this dark position does not mean that you are not right in the middle of God's will. It does not mean that it, this is God with his big stick slapping you down saying, what have you been doing? You've messed up. No, we stand, we stand against obstacles. You know, we could, we could spell, I preached on this before, what are the obstacles we stand, we stand against? We stand against a cultural obstacle right now. You know, we have a world that is shouting up and down, is trying to pull us in a certain direction, and that direction is not towards God and the things of God and the holiness and the morality and the purity of, of God as we know it. We have a world system that is trying to pull us in the opposite direction. Just like they had here. They've got a, a strong figure called Nebuchadnezzar and a whole culture that they've, that, that, they've, that they've come into and yet separated themselves from. And it's standing right slap bang against them. In fact, was it 90 foot tall, this image? You know, they probably woke up every morning, looked out of government headquarters and there's a 90 foot image staring at them. They are in no doubt whatsoever that they are standing against a little bit of opposition. Right, so they've got that. You know, they've got their own doubts and fears. They've, we understand that there's a real genuine enemy out there who is constantly trying to undermine and constantly trying to distract and constantly trying to pull us off centre. And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego find themselves in this place. And what I love about it is this line of, of, of 
You know, we have a God who is able. We have a God who is able to rescue us from the situation. But even if he doesn't, there's no way I'm doing that. And and there's a lesson in faith there. You know, it's, it's easy to trust God when you know what's coming. Right? You know, if your mother says to you, eat all your broccoli, son. That never happens in our house. But eat all your broccoli. And if you do, there's cherry pie. And if you happen to know there's cherry pie in the fridge, and if you happen to know that your mother has, has given that ultimatum every day forever, and there's always been cherry pie in the fridge, you're going to be confident, aren't you? Yeah. My mother is able and my mother is willing. <laughs> right? Trite example, I know. So they're standing here and they're saying, I know that my God is able. He's done it before. You know, they're good Hebrew kids. They know about Egypt. They know about Passover. They know about the, Red, they know about the Jordan River. They know all of that stuff. They know that their God is able. But they don't know whether he's going to do it or not. That's real faith right there. Now, a sneak preview. We do know the end of the story. We'll get there. Right? So God was not only able, but God was also willing in this situation. Right? But they didn't know that. And that's kind of the toss out for you in your faith, wherever you are right now. I suspect we're all convinced that God is able. Yeah, we've sung it, we know that, we're confident in that. But I suspect there's a little bit of doubt and uncertainty about whether it's going to work out the way we'd imagined. I mean, what, what were Shadrach and Benny thinking there? Were they thinking what kind of thunderbolt's going to come down? You know, were they thinking that the lightning's going to strike the great thing, it's going to collapse and fall in half? You know, they, 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 they probably believe that God might possibly come and deliver them. They've got no idea what that looks like. They're certainly not expecting to go in that fiery furnace. I mean, God doesn't let us go in fiery furnaces, does he? God, God, God's not going to allow, surely. God's not going to allow Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to be lobbed into that fiery furnace. Surely not. But there's, there's the test of faith for us. And even if we do not know what's just around the corner, are we prepared to trust God? Are we prepared to say, no, I'm not going to compromise myself. No, I'm not going to prostitute myself to those idols. No, I'm not going to go with the crowd just because it's safe. Am I prepared to trust God whatever? What a great challenge. Okay, let's carry on with the story. I need my big print Bible. Okay, where are we? Number 19, verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest, look like strangest with my little eyes here, the strongest, they might have been strange, the strongest shoulders in sh- shoulders. When you get to 50, your eyes start going a bit wonky, just so if you haven't found that out. Remind me to bring my big text Bible. He commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. 
So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. So at least the bad guys got that too, right? That's my mercy gift coming out. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement. And asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God's. Verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed, their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. Wow. Did God come through for them or what? Verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and the houses be turned into piles. He was a balanced chap, this guy, as you can tell. (laughs) For no other God can save in this way. Verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Wow. Wow. So there's two things really that jumped out to me as I pondered this just now when we were worshipping. First of all, this, this trust element. This idea that we do not always know how things are going to turn up. You might be right in the middle of the biggest crisis of your life right now and you know God's with you. You know God's been with you before, right? They've been promoted, they've been favoured. You might not know how it's going to turn out right in the middle of the storm. Our call is to trust in him. The second thing I want you to notice is after, in the aftermath of all of this, what happened to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? Answer, they were promoted. Okay, so here's the revelation for you. Your promotion may not always come the way you think. You might have it all, you might have the next 10 years neatly planned out. You might have every little, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to study this, I'm going to do that job, I'm going to work this out, you know, and and if I do that, and if I tick all the right religious boxes, and I'm, you know, good Christian boy and all that, then in 10 years' time, I'm going to end up there, you know, two, three steps up the ladder. I don't think anyone signs up for the fiery furnace. But guess what? The fiery furnace was the catalyst for their promotion. Let me ask you this question, and this is, the, this is the revelation, I think, right here. Do you think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have been promoted if they'd, if they'd bowed down right there 
and refused and, 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 and said, yeah, happily, yeah, I'll, I'll worship and got on with it. Do you think if they'd done that and they'd bypassed the fiery furnace, do you think they'd have had the promotion? The answer, of course, is no. It was only because they were prepared to take that, that holy risk, only because they were prepared to trust their future to God's hand, even if it was complete, I mean, their minds must have been all over the place. Where on earth am I going here? What's going on? God, where, how, how could you possibly allow this? How could I be walking down the centre of the will of God and find myself in this position? Something must have gone horribly wrong. And in spite of that, they said, no, do you know what? I'm going to keep on trusting my God. Amen. I'm going to keep on following his lead and I'll go where it goes. If, I'm convinced God is able, but if he's not... I'm still not going to do it. You know, because of that, I I think of Abraham and and Isaac. Similar situation. You know, that was a... I haven't got time to go into the whole story today. But what what an amazing and extraordinary upside-down situation. Would Abraham have got where Abraham got if he'd not been prepared to obey God, even if it seemed to be upside-down? And here we have Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego enjoying the promotion of God as a direct consequence of their obedience in the toughest moment of their whole lives. So here's the encouragement, folks. Right now, you may be standing on the edge of the fiery furnace. And it may well be that everything inside of you is saying, I'm not going there. I'm going to step back. You know, maybe I'm going to need to ease off on this you know, Christian devotion stuff. Maybe I'm going to have to compromise a little bit. You know, maybe in those conversations at work, I'm just going to have to back away. This is getting a bit hot. It's getting a bit dangerous. I'm smelling fumes here. And you might make a decision, oh, I'm going to back off from that. And the reality is, if you do, you won't end up where God wants you to end up. You know, we've got to trust him. You might well be here. Right? In this story, they gave him the good push. Yeah. Right? But you might be standing in front of a fiery furnace now, wondering, what on earth am I going to do with this? And the answer is walk through it. Yeah. That's right. The answer is walk through it, because God is with you. And of course, the famous sermon that comes out of this is called The Fourth Man or something. And Nebuchadnezzar looks down, and there in the middle of this furnace, are not just Shadrach, not just Meshach, not just Abednego, who we sing about earlier, the God of heaven's armies, The Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of God, is actually in the furnace, right there with them at that moment. Isn't that amazing? This is is the God that we serve. He doesn't just look down with heaven and say, I'm just going to rain a bit. Let's pour a giant bucket of water. I'm going to go right there into the middle of that darkest, bleakest, hottest, furnacestest, situation in the whole, I'm going to go and I'm going to walk through that with them. Amen. Makes you think of that footprints yeah. poem, which is a bit cliche. You know, in, the, in the darkest mode of your life, there's only one set of footprints. Why is that? Did the Lord abandon me? No, he picked me up and he carried me. So if there's a fiery furnace in your life now, at any time, to be honest with you, God will be there with you. He will be the fourth man and he will walk you through it. You know, it may well be, as I said, that's where you are right now. And you're looking at, you know, you're hopeless. You know, you're struggling, you're under attack. Well, we're all under attack. We, we live in a battleground, let's face it. 
But we've got a choice to make. Am I going to trust in him? Am I going to walk through the fire? Might be hot. Or am I going to back off and back away? And the wonderful news is here, the example that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shot, they were miraculously supernaturally delivered. In fact, they weren't sure whether God would come through for them. God came through for them far more abundantly and miraculously and amazingly than they could possibly have imagined. In our lives, we're going to have times like that. And God will use those times to refine you. It's a wonderful image, isn't it? They're fine as fire. You know, the, you know how they refine metal ore is they take the, the whole lot and they put it in the flames and they heat it up. And you know what happens? All the crud comes off, the hotter it gets. And if you want to get it really, really, really pure, you have to turn the temperature really, really high, seven times higher in this case. And all the flotsam and jetsam, all the rubbish floats away and you end up with something that is pure and refined and perfect and beautiful. You can't bypass that process. You cannot get where God wants you to get without going through the fire. You cannot. might not want to, but you cannot. I don't recommend that you take a running lump, leap and say, there's the furnace, I'm going, Lord, count me in, jump, off I go. You know, we've got to trust the Lord in that. I'm not talking about being headless here. This is your Christianity being too safe. I'm not talking about being foolish. Yeah. I'm saying that God will take you on a journey. Yeah. Isaiah 43, I think it is, verse 3, 4, talks about God walking with you through the fire, That's it. out the other end. Yeah. And look at what God did in them, through them. You know, those guys, and Daniel, of course, at the top of the list, he's got his stories yet to come. The lion's den, similar, similar story. They were prepared to trust their futures to the God of heaven. And if you do that, it's amazing what he will do. I look around this room this morning, and I see all of you sitting there, and you're all going through different things right now. Some of you are probably thinking, what on earth are you talking about? You know, I'm floating on the air right now. This is easy. What's the problem? Well, good for you. Praise the Lord. I, I suspect there may be a fiery furnace to come. Or maybe you're looking back on a fiery furnace you've just been through and say, God, God stood firm for me. I've come. And maybe you're saying yes and amen. Maybe the people saying amen this morning have been there. And they're coming out the other side. They know there may be another fiery furnace to come, but they now know and they can trust that God will come through for them. As I said, it may well be that you're in that place right now. In which case, this morning was for you. Those songs that Phil chose were for you. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Yeah, I believe. I believe. What else? He is Alpha and Amiga. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. What else did we sing? Remind me, what else did we sing? You cannot be stopped. That's what got this whole line. Of, you, nothing, there is nothing that can stop our God. Not even you. <laughs> there is nothing that can stop your God. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that? Yes. I tell you, I bet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do. I wonder what they'll have to say for themselves when we get to heaven. There is nothing that can stop our God. What we're going to do this morning is um, we're going to spend a little bit of time responding to that. And uh, I'm going to invite Phil and the team to come forward. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll give the usual sort of mini re- ministry response options, which is this. If, you, if you're right now, you're going through that or something, or you're standing on the edge of it, or you think it's coming, then I'm going to strongly recommend that you go over and see my friends here in the prayer corner and let them pray with you and pray (coughs) over you. We have a God who is able and we have a God who is willing. So I'm going to encourage you this morning. Be bold, be strong. Go and see them over there. Let them pray for you. And we'll, I'll pray for the team, actually, as they go in a second. Just pray that, that God will stir in the hearts and will give words of hope and encouragement and maybe some prophetic words for you just to encourage you. So that's that side. Over here, uh, this is the opportunity for you just to come to the front yourself. No one will pray for you this side. But you get to stand. You know, maybe like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you know the ultimatum. You know the decision that's in front of your eyes and you need to get out there and you need to say, yes, Lord. No, Mr. Devil. No flesh. No distractions. Yes, Lord. If that's you, I'd encourage you to go out there. You can be there for 30 seconds, five minutes, doesn't matter, and just pray some big, bold, strong prayers. While we're doing that, we're going to worship here in the middle. And, uh, and we'll just see what the Lord has to, to do. But just, just a strong sense this morning that God wants to do some work. Yes. Right, and the best thing we can do is just open the door. You can sit there and kind of hide behind the door and say, well, I get the theory, Jamie, but you know, maybe not today. Or you can say, do you know, I'm, I'm in. You know, quit being safe. Start being dangerous. Because he's worth it. Let's stand. I'll pray. And then we'll worship. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for these uh, wonderful stories in the Old Testament that give us principles and patterns and and show us that little bit more about you. This This is a messianic prophecy. Jesus came himself and he did it. Fourth man in the fire. Thank you so much that we have a God who is a Lord and a Saviour and a Deliverer. We have a God who reaches out and stretches his hand out and, and lifts us out, the miry clay. Amen. Thank We're so grateful for that. We're also, Lord, real and honest enough to admit that we live in a real world and there are challenges. No surprises there. Jesus warned us this would be the case. Lord, we get to walk with you. And I pray, Lord, for everyone in this room today, rather than than, than being tempted to go their own way, rather than allowing that flesh voice on the inside to dominate and to, to shout the loudest and to distract them and pull them off course, 
even if we're one foot in the edge of that fiery furnace today, Lord, would we have the strength to keep walking on, secure in the knowledge that you are with us, that you are able, that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all we could ask, all we could think, and all we could imagine. So, Lord, for those in in the middle of that today, I pray your grace, your mercy, your love, your goodness. I pray for your strong presence, the fourth man in the fire, that as they walk through their challenge this week, that you'll be right there with them. And Lord, as we respond this morning, I just pray for that, that rich, lavish openness. Lord, will we soften our hearts to be vulnerable to you, to be open to you, to be pliable in your hands, willing to go through that refiner's fire if necessary to get where we need to get because you're a God who who plans and promotes and leads and uses (coughs) us for your glory. Pray, Lord, for a really responsive heart in this room today. And finally, Lord, I pray for the ministry team in the corner there. I pray that you would just flow through them, that you would use them, that you would whisper in their ears, that they would be your encouraging mouthpiece as they speak your word over the people who come into that corner this morning. And simply, Lord, we say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you minister to all of us today? It's something we all need to hear today. Holy Spirit, we you have our attention. Come do your work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.